Welcome, everybody. Man, I'm glad you're here. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to put on the announcements and I forgot to tell Nathan. Um, I think he's going to come up and hit it one more time. I want to hit this twice. We're actually going to start some of the demo of some of this area Saturday. And we're going to meet up here at 9 o'clock. And anybody that can come, uh, they're gonna, we need to kind of figure out some of the stuff that we're going to take out and columns that need to be built up in what will be the foyer area back there. So anybody that can come this Saturday... I think it's the 24th, is that right? Whatever this Saturday is, come at 9 a.m. and, and uh, we'll knock walls down together. That'll be a fun thing to do. Um, and the other thing is, I want you to put on your calendar, exalt. Help me, this is October the 16th. October the 16th, we're going to Beer Mountain on, on that night. I guess I wasn't supposed to say your name. At 5 o'clock. And, and all we're going to do is worship. The little taste that we had this morning, it's just going to be, and being up outside on them, oh, good night. That will be rich. So try to plan, if you can, for, for, that, for that day. So, hey, I'm glad you're here. Get in this house. I'm glad you're here in every way. The largest congregation in the world that of Christian believers is in South Korea. You probably knew that. It has multiple Sunday services. They touch about, it literally touches about a million people. It's crazy. They've planted numerous churches in other cities, but their growth explosion really happened through their small groups. They call them cell groups. Anybody who visits on a Sunday morning will end up having a follow-up call by a cell group member. And the main pastor of this phenomenal outreach tells a funny story about a couple who visited the church but decided not to join. It just wasn't for them. But even so, this couple received regular visits from the cell leader and other cell members. In fact, the follow-up calls were so frequent that this couple began to find it quite annoying. <laughs> they often pretended not to be home when such visits occurred. The cell member figured, the leader, the cell leader figured out that they were in there. He would stay and knock until they would come to the door. It was ridiculous. The couple eventually decided to relocate and move to another area. It was just too much for them. To their surprise, <laughs> when they make, moved to their new spot, another cell leader who lived over there came and visited them and brought cakes. The old cell leader found out where they were going, contacted the new cell leader in that area, well, the long and the short of it is the couple decided to go ahead and join the church. And when asked why, they said, there was nothing we can do to get away from these people. <laughs> <laughs> Many surveys have been conducted by the Billy Graham Crusades. And Billy Graham is a hero to me. But I found this shocking. They did surveys from his crusades. And despite the multitudes of people that responded at the altar calls, they had a difficult find, time finding many of those people years later still serving the Lord. And they talked to Brother Graham about it. And he said something most revealing. He said, if I could do it over again, I would do it differently. I would like to take 12 people and disciple them. I would invest my life into 12 people and then encourage them to do the same thing. 
Now, no one has more of a heart for the masses, the billions, to come to him than does Christ. And he spoke to thousands at times, and he fed thousands at times, but he only chose 12 to invest his life in. And inside of those 12, he really poured into just Peter, James, and John, just three. Now, of course, large gatherings can be tremendously beneficial, but those times together seem to be created more to complement what we're already getting in a smaller group because in a smaller group, things are just a little more real. When the church first began meeting after Jesus' resurrection and ascension, the main venues were the temple, the local synagogues, and the home. Let me show you something. Look at the screen. This is Acts 2.46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with gladness and sincere hearts. You skip a couple of chapters to chapter 5, verse 42. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Skip to chapter 8 and verse 3. This is Saul persecuting the church. Saul began to destroy the church going from House to house. Why? Because he knew that's where they were meeting. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them into prison. Skip to chapter 12 and verse 12. This is Peter right after the angel miraculously delivered him out of prison. It says in verse 12, when Peter donned what had happened to him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people were gathered and praying. After Paul's conversion, go down to chapter 20 and verse 20 of Acts. It says, Paul says, You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly from house to house. Look at Roman, both Romans chapter 16 and 1 Corinthians chapter 16 have ending statements. First one in Romans, greet also the church that meets at their house. And in 1 Corinthians, Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord. And so does the church that meets in their house. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 15, give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. Philemon, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to also Aphia and our sister Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. And then this warning by the Apostle John in his epistle. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. There's, there's something holy about your home. You know, the temple changed from where it was to our individual bodies. Now the spirit is inside of here. And when you have that spirit in a home setting, y'all, it's magic. Someone might argue, well, the first century church was under extreme persecution. They had to meet in their homes because it had to be much more private. Well, I'm not going to really argue that point. I'm just saying that in someone's home, the exchange changes. 
You know, you come, and we greet, we're great at our little five-second relationships. How are you doing, Chef? Good, great, great. Good. Get coffee. All right, see ya. I mean, we, we can go through those motions pretty good on Sunday morning, can't we? But, you know, we, we, don't, we don't get past the surface too much. We pretty much stay here. Something happens in a home. There's something holy about sharing food and drink, too. Go back to that first verse that I read to you. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. With gladness. Eating together brings a sense of gladness and sincerity. Joy is expressed. And what I've already referred to, that there seems to be something authentic. So being in a home and sharing a meal together has a fulfillment that is unique to any other setting that we're in. Charles Swindoll, in his book, Dropping Your Guard, has got a great bit about the Europeans who came to settle in North America. And, of course, they found it vast and unexplored. Self-reliant was the watchword. And a scout, mountain man, pioneer with a rifle on one shoulder and an axe on another, he was the national hero at the time. And in those early days, the government gave away quarter sections of land to try to encourage people to homestead and hopeful that the land would be settled. People flocked west from crowded cities and villages to have their own land at last. Well, before they could farm that land, they had to have something to survive in, something to live in, so a lot of them just threw up a sod hut, and they did it in the middle, the smack dab middle of their property. I think they might have partly done that for I don't know, protection, maybe in one way, but mainly it was so that they would go out that front porch and say, everything that I see there belongs to me. And they look out the side window, that all belongs to me too. And they go off the back porch, that belongs to me too, and so does that. Everywhere they look, it was theirs, as far as your eye could see. But the practice quickly changed of building in the middle of your property because isolation can do strange things. Swindoll points this out. I think this is cool. Well, it's not cool, but it's, you know, it shows how it, it can happen. He said that occasionally photographers would want to record the life on the frontier. And so they would go out and they would take photographs. And if you've seen some of the pictures of the people who settled in those areas, who had been isolated for years, I mean, you've got these wild-eyed men and women and these haunting-looking children. There isn't a smile on any of them, and they're, 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 they're scared of everything. You can understand why. Before long, most of these families who had their home in the middle of the section moved to the corner of the section. And so did the other people from the other adjoining sections. So the next thing you know, you had four families that were in the corners of their property. And they all moved there, and they were together. Sharing life and death, joys and sorrows, times of being in want, times of great bounty. They had a much better chance of making it, and the quality of life was tremendously increased. Okay, let that sit there for just a second. Back in 2004, there was a television series called Spartacus. The setting is 72 B.C. And it follows the adventures of a former slave, Spartacus, and he 
leads an army of freed slaves against the tyrannical Roman legions. And there's this one scene where Spartacus and his followers are hiding out in a secluded forest because the Roman army is hunting them down. And Spartacus says that the time has come for decisive action, but his followers, they're not sure. And some of them are even selfish. And one man, one man Crixus, Crixus says, I go where I go. No man tells Crixus what to do anymore. He's a, 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 a former slave, and he isn't going to listen to that, even if it's Spartacus. So Par Spartacus calls Crixus up to him. Crixus comes up there. Spartacus says, this is Crixus the Gaul, maybe the strongest man among us. Still, he's only one man. And Spartacus hands Crixus a single arrow and says, can you bend that? And he busts it and throws it to the ground. And Spartacus then takes a band of arrows that are bound together. And he says, can you break that? And he tries. And in frustration, he can't. And he throws it to the ground. And then Spartacus looks at all those guys in that forest. And he says, we are like the arrows. Separately, we are weak. But together, we're invincible. That's why the Romans work so hard to divide us tribe by tribe and country by country. We are one tribe then, and all those men in that forest roar. Yes, Spartacus says, is that your will? And they all, yes, it's a great scene in the movie, great scene. Okay, let's put these stories together. It's hard to know, really, the difference life makes when you're bound together to someone, and let me tell you, you live in a culture that's doing everything it can possibly to isolate you, all the way from this little thing that I love and I hate at the same time, to your home, going into your garage and putting down your garage door. And we don't build porches very much anymore. We're isolated, and we got our privacy fence around the back. I don't want the neighbors looking in. And We've just become a, a private people. It's hard to know the difference. Independent families who attempt to go it alone will find themselves lacking in much of life. But the strength found in bounding together can literally be life-transforming. Look how Elton Trueblood said this. The church consists of consciously inadequate persons who gather because they are weak and scatter to serve because unity with each other and Christ has made them bold. We have these times of being together so that when we go back and we're more isolated at work and at school, we've got strength. We've got what we need to make it. Times together absolutely embolden us for those times when we just have to be alone. So what am I saying in all this? Well, I think they put something on the, on, I can't remember if we did something on the screen on this or not, but if, if you take your phone and you just put in citypointchurch.tv, I think I just said Tiwi, citypointchurch.tv forward slash groups, you'll find in there several different groups. We've got Uptown, 5th grade through 8th grade. And we've got Midtown, 7th grade through 12th grade. Now, 
This isn't just for adults. Our kids need this too. If you have kids that aren't involved in youth group, in a way, they're getting robbed. They're, not, they're missing an opportunity. And you may have some neighborhood kids that you could bring with you. We have some of you that bring some of your neighborhood kids with you. They would benefit greatly from these, from these groups. And then, of course, then we have the downtown group. That's 12th grade up through their 20s. And they, they meet. All these groups, you can find out when they're meeting and where they're meeting. We have a men's group that used to meet once every month. But starting in October, they're going to meet every Wednesday night. It's going to be a time of Bible study and fellowship, and we're going to have something to eat. It's going to be a great gathering for the men every Wednesday night. The women right now, they meet every third Wednesday night. We have a prayer group that meets up here every Tuesday, and there's going to be different times that you can come according to your schedules. Still, you go, you go to this. We're having a blended families small group. It seems to be a growing population. We're going to have them meet here on Sunday nights, the same time that the youth group meets at 530. So if you've got some of your kids in the group, well, you can have them taken care of for the time that we're there together. We're going to have a Spanish-speaking group that's going to start meeting up here on Saturdays at 2 o'clock. Now, what am I saying? Am I saying, if you don't get in one of these groups, then you're not going to have the support that you need to make it through life? No, no I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Those will help. Those will help. But you know what? You could start a group. I mean, look that up. You, you could just invite somebody over for a meal. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could just be sandwiches or burgers and dogs. Banana pancakes on, on the, in the evening meal. I love that. Invite me. <laughs> Something like that can, it can make a big difference. Have someone over, share a meal. If you need a goal, a goal, excuse me, try to do one before the end of this month. Try to do two in October, two in November, two in December. Besides eating together with gladness and sincere hearts, let the same thing that happened with the prodigal son happen in your home. Do you know what happened to the prodigal son? He went home. Let your home, let your invites to dinner be people having a chance to, to come home. And when they come to your front door and they knock or they ring the doorbell, I know just what you can say to them. Get in this house. Get in this house. Let's pray. Father, we don't want the privacy of our culture to influence the way that we live in your kingdom. We want to be people who touch others and connect and draw to you. We want to draw near to you, Father. We find great comfort in your promise. If we draw near to you, you'll draw near to us. Let it happen, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.